Hello friends, it's John Klein III of episode 72 of Shadow and Flame of Magic, the podcast. And today we're going to review X-Men Alpha Flight Volume 1, Issue 2. So let's get to it, to it. Once again, thank you to Francisco for providing the theme song to the podcast. Appreciate it. And you... And, um, my friend Emily let me know that, uh, who I used to work with at Hastings, R.I.P. Hastings, uh, that our good friend Nathaniel Carlson passed away. He was the lifestyles manager for a time at Hastings, and just thinking of him and don't worry do dedications on here but if I were I would dedicate this episode to him but such a nice guy I regret the last time I saw him I didn't say hi to him like I think Walker and I were walking out Walmart he was ahead of me and I recognized him by his ears and it must have been like two years later since Hastings closed but I played out this whole dumb scenario in my head of like I was gonna be like hey Nathaniel and then he was going to turn around and be like, oh, hey, John, what's up? And that's a horrible impression of him. And But he would, at one point, be like, wait, you reckon, wait, when do you recognize it was me? I was like, oh, I recognize your ears, pal. And he's like, my ears? And because I played that whole scenario in, my, in that, you know, split second, I was like, well, I'm not going to say hi now. Like, that, that's just weird. But. Uh, just if you see a friend outside, or even some a uh, former coworker, hey, t- tell them that you say hi. They're they're not gonna think about how you recognize them. <laughs> so, got that out of the way. Let's get to X Men and Alpha Flight issue two of two, number two in a two issue limited series. Do a little humble brag, and this is a near mint condition comic. Um, it has Loki choking Madeline Pryor, her um, Adele, and it says the Lord of Lies is going to save the world if he has to kill the X-Men Alpha Flight to do it. The corner box has Colossus, Cyclops, Wolverine, Puck, Shaman, and Snowbird. It would have cost you a dollar fifty, or in the UK seventy-five pence, or one hundred and seventy-five cans. The fight of the century. And below him on his feet is Sasquatch, Cyclops, Xavier, someone wearing a blue shirt. Oh, oh Puck. Oh, it's a wraparound cover with the snow giants coming down. Nightcrawler and Colossus is further in the distance, but to show you how giant the giants are, Colossus looks like just an action figure to them. Which, if you have a nine year old. You get see how big action figures are as you try to dodge them. In the bottom left cover corner is uh, Black Symbiote Spider-Man web sling. So that's cool. And this issue came out uh, <coughs> January 1986. Oh, oh, I should mention today is October 16. And way back in the day, in the year 1976, Uncanny X-Men 129 came out. And I just want to thank Twitter user The Spinner Rack for posting it as they put out great content. 
And um, and Tom Breville did it for a while too. I don't see his posts as much as I used to. But I was like, hey, October 16th, the birthday of Kate Pride and Emma Frost. And then literally I realized today was October 16th, hence his post. And so happy birthday, Kate Pride and Emma Frost. We will see one of them in this issue. And I open the issue and literally we get a fun recap page as the inner uh, cover location. So let's do this. What has gone before? These are the Uncanny X-Men, a group of mutants gathered together into a team of superheroes by Professor Xavier, Charles Xavier. And Lockheed's in here in the recap page, which is fun. Uh, and I should also mention that this is, we're back on track. Um, new comics coming out this week, unless Kate Pride shows up in Invincible Iron Man. Emma Frost most likely will, or I should say Hazel. Hazel Stark? She seems like the type of gal who will take his name. But we're but as far as I can tell, Kate Pride's not slated, nor is magic slated. Nor is there a third way to say nor? Neither is Lockheed. So we're gonna do catch up on our Loki month as well as get back into Inferno, which I've been missing. So, just a little scheduling note up top. They have gone come to Canada in response to a psychic distress call from their former leader Cyclops, who disappeared, along with his wife Madeline and an economic ecological survey team. And I lost the ability to hold a page open. This is Alpha Flight, Canada's premier band of superheroes. Their involvement began when one of their numbers, Snowbird, was struck down by a mysterious psychological degeneration. And Puck is on Sasquatch's face, but the way his legs frame Sasquatch, he just looks like a crazy orange marshmallow. Or something. Next, the two teams discovered a magnificent city that had been raised from nothing, literally overnight. Within, they came upon the missing flyers, all of whom had been miraculously transformed into something more and better than human. And their hero names are Brother, Lord Lord, which sounds like something you had to pronounce very slow, Anodyne, which I'm now realizing is must be a fun way of saying antidote. Beastmaster, Earth Mover, Master Builder, Cornucopia, Pathfinder, Lord of the Plants. But what Cyclops doesn't know is that among the X-Men is Rachel Summers, his daughter from an alternate timeline, a future era wherein he and the X-Men were ruthlessly, mercilessly exterminated. In this timeline, the woman who was Rachel's mother died, and Cyclops remarried another. Rachel wonders... Should she tell him who she really is? Soon, Heather Hudson was transformed into Guardian, and those with psychic or mental affirmations were made whole by Anodyne's healing powers, healing flames. Everyone realized that the entire world could be made over in this image, thereby curing all the ills that was plagued humanity throughout the ages. 
But amidst all this joyous anticipation, Snowbird vanished, and Shaman's own magic struck him down. Try as she might, Anodyne could not cure him. For some, it seemed this dream was fast becoming a nightmare. Lastly, we introduced Loki, Prince of Asgard, adopted son of Odin, god of lies, deceit, trickery, and treachery. All this is his fault. And there's a great panel where he's just pointing to himself like, Me? It's fun. The Gift, Part 2, by Chris Claremont, writer. Pencils, Paul Smith. Yes, the legendary Paul Smith, my favorite X-Men artist of all time. Paul Wycheck and friends as inkers. I wonder who the friends are, but... Paul Wycheck, probably my favorite inker in the game. With all due respect to other great inkers, but... You know... Paired with my favorite penciler, it's just gonna make sense, everyone. Uh, Tom Kororowski, letter, Bob Sharon, colorist, Anno Chenti, and Danny O'Neill, editors, Jim Shooter, editor in chief, based on a premise by Jim Shooter, Anno Chenti, and Danny O'Neill. So, what a legendary creative team that is. And I should tell you. Probably spoilers for the last two issues for Loki month will be, but uh, probably should say Loki coverage just in case some other stuff happens. Um, you can get these I- issues, these two, and the next two in Asgardian Wars, which I convinced a friend on Twitter to. Um, I posted a panel, not the one I'm going to use for promotions, but if you look up today's my posts on Twitter, you would see one and I pointed out when we get to in the issue. And just based on the one panel and the creative team bought the trade, so hopefully they enjoy it. But I'm like, of course they will. Unless, you know, you buy Asgardian because I was about, you, you didn't hear the thought in my head, but I was like, unless you don't like Asgard, but if you don't like Asgard, probably a title called X-Men Asgardian Wars is not going to you're probably not going to spend your money on that. But hopefully you are a fan. As we are going to review this. Canada. Northern Quebec. The shores of Lungava Bay. Overlooking Drivecon Island. Hopefully I didn't butcher those too poorly. Elizabeth. Two young men. Who as talisman is the youngest newest member of Canada's own team of superheroes. Alpha Flight. And Talisman says, starts the issue with, here kitty, 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 come out, come out, X-Men, wherever you are. So she's having fun. She comments, uh, or no, she thinks to herself how her impractical her costume is. And it's like, oh, lady superheroes should have more discourse about the ridiculousness of their uniforms and the, what they have to wear. But she's looking for Rachel as she ran off. And then Kate, nope, Kitty ran off after her. And so she's looking uh, for them. She comes across a sketchbook. That the sketches resemble the magnificent building they're in. And then all of a sudden turns into like children's drawings. And she finds that to be peculiar. Almost like old dad had a book and then let their kids start drawing. And then Kitty phases through the wall, looking for me, Alfin. Yikes! 
Anyone ever tell you Shadow Cat it's real rude to scare a body like that? Sorry. I forget sometimes not everyone's used to my phasing talent. I'm not here I'm not used to anything in this slippery hero biz. Oh, superhero biz. That's right, you're the new kid on the block. Ooh ooh oh I am not a kid, I'm in college. Hey, me too, sort of. Because once again, let's all question Xavier's ability to give out diplomas. Because I think we should. Come see what I just found. I don't believe my eyes. Is this real? Beats me. My majors are computer science and weird psych physics. All I know from Vikings are old movies. What a fine. If it's... Athletic. Oh boy, what do I tell him, Dr. Munson? Hugo positively ape. He's my archaeology advisor back at university. That's my major. A North settlement perfectly preserved. Wow. Wow. That's a shout out to Matt, our tour guide in Italy, who at one point. Well, he said, wow. And my wife and I. Every so often we'll pepper an expression. And then I said it to Walker and he was just like, like, why are you saying it like that? So pretty much told him that story, but much longer. So now every so often he says, wow, which then I have to say, and then he has to say, and then, you know, he's a nine-year-old. I wonder how I got buried. An earthquake would have done some damage. Uh, Matteo also said, uh, Shame on you when you heard saw a woman in Italy wearing a real fur jacket, and so every so often we will pepper with a shame on you. I guess I'm just thinking about past friends we've met. And uh, Kitty, who I should say is wearing an awesome uh, jacket, it's like her blue Excalibur look, but the jacket's a lot more leathery, and she's wearing a blue nope. A yellow scarf and a yellow belt. Instead of just blue on blue on blue. But yeah, it's definitely the Excalibur pants look. With the blue briefs and the even lighter blue tights. And the dark blue matching boots. Boots. I wonder how I got buried. An earthquake would have done some damage. Hiya, Lockheed. Any sign of Rachel, Dragon? And we see an awesome Lockheed drawn by his co-creator, Paul Smith. And I guess Bob Wycheck, I mean, the whole pretty much, it's a reunion of everyone from the Paul Smith era. But, uh, must be at least a year removed. But how far Kitty's gone. And and I say Lockheed. And uh, Celebro, I've noticed... Uh, Lockheed came up a couple times in the um, Amanda Sefton episode, but he sounds like he pronounces it with the both E's, where it's like Lockheed or Lockheed. I don't know. Somewhat like to my ears, it sounds like he's saying both E's, but um, or maybe it just hits my ear differently. But it's made me question like it's Lockheed, right? But not Lockheed. Ugh, now I can't. To it. And if you listen to it, you're going to be like, Johnson Monster, you're making too big of a deal of it. And I probably am. I probably am. And Lockheed looks amazing as he's like gliding into the scene. And it looks like he might 
if he was a little closer, might be doing a double stomp to Talisman, but that's not Lockheed style. Beth, do you think the village was hidden deliberately? What's that? A rune stone. Is it important? Probably not. Still, it'd be nice to know a little more about the people who settled here. I'll try to translate it later. Hey, dragon, cut it out. Quit shoving. What gives? Oh! And it's a great panel of uh, Kitty's boots with Lockheed, like, nudging her in the right direction. I'm a dunce. You have found Rachel. Yaw, yaw. Sorry, I was so dense. Feh. Probably should try that with a dragon voice, like, Yaw, yaw. Feh. But that doesn't sound cute. I always imagine Lockheed sounds cute. Unless you're Pete Wisdom, he sounds, well, probably sounds like a person speaking English who usually doesn't do that. Ray, it's me, Kitty. Go away. Leave me alone. Why did I give her such a deep voice? <laughs> we were worried. You seem pretty upset. We came to help. Because uh, Rachel's sitting on top of a dome with like rocks circling the dome. Which seems like... I don't know. Well, I guess you found a spot surrounded by rocks that one would think someone wouldn't come at her. Stupid meddling brat. Can't you take a hint? Nope. And like Rachel blasts at her, which you would think would be psychic blast, so you it wouldn't go through, Kitty. Stay back, Beth. Ray and I are teammates. Let me handle this. Rachel, I know what you're going through. I know how you feel, but trust me, it isn't the end of the world. It is a mine. My father's child is a boy. Do you understand what that means? That unborn baby would be me. But if I'm not born here and now, I can't exist in the future. Except you do exist. My past is a lie, Kitty. Is that so bad? I've seen your world, Ray. Your world, Ray. I wouldn't care for it. In your memories, I learned the limits of my life. I, lo I saw my loved ones slaughtered. Which must be awkward as she saw her and Colossus's children slaughtered. But she does not want to date Colossus at this point. But suppose your time shift to your past, to our present. Changes the future for the better. Our story... May have a happy ending. Isn't that worth the price? I I guess. Great word bubble with like the shakiness of it. But it still hurts. And Talisman thinks to herself. Rachel wants more than anything. A family, a father she can't have. Whereas I turn my back on mine. And how great like just plotting wise of Claremont to be like. Oh like to pair these characters together. Or to trio these characters together. No, I think you say pair. I've resented, even hated my dad for so long, blaming him for mom's death. But I wonder if, in trying to so hard to hurt him, if I've simply hurt myself more. So where do we go from here? What happens next? Oh! And Kitty says, the ceiling, the cave's collapsing. But it can't. This area is technologically stable. Tell that to the rocks. And Rachel says, we'll never make it to the surface through the tunnel. Ray, can you sense where the fire fountain is? Yeah, it's over there. I don't think Rachel would say y'all. Great, use your telekinetic power to punch a hole through that wall so it, to its pit. As good as done, partner. And fazam! And then we see right through the the rock on the other side with a shukow! <laughs> Right, rocks are f falling. Keep us covered, Ray, till we we're clear. 
We can't leave Rachel. She can take care of herself. Come on, Beth. Run for it. Fast as you can. And Lockheed's also going to come down the tunnel. Point out where Lockheed is in these panels. I'm trying to think. Did I miss one? Oh, yeah. When Kitty was directing Rachel, he was by their knees. And what a great way to start a comic. Like, these three great characters, <clears throat> we're going to lose them at some point, but not, not now. Page six. Behind the fleeing girls, Rachel summons all her strength and uses her cosmic power to slow the cave's collapse. And Rachel summons... It's pretty close to Rachel Summers, y'all. Like, you heard it too, right? Yeek! That's some drop. I hate heights. Nobody look down. Can you reach that ledge? And Talisman says, No problem. Lockheed, keep Talisman in the company while I go after Ray. And he does. Like she's going to crawl up and he's just going to float on up. So she's thinking to herself, I have to phase. Louse slow me down. Could be big trouble too. I have to become solid to take a breath. But I can't be there. But I can't if there's no space for my body. Which is great. Claremont just telling you like, hey, she has limits and here they are. And Talisman's sitting on a ledge. Lockheed's like peering, peeking over the cliff, just trying to see if he can gauge where anyone is. My power disrupt spells isn't all that useful against an avalanche. I hope Kitty's okay, but but what do I do if she isn't? Meanwhile, Ray! Smart girl, she created an energy cocoon to protect herself. The village is gone, crushed to powder. What a shame. What a lousy waste. Pressure on my, on my increasing... Feels like I'm carrying weight of the whole flippin' world. I can't hold out much longer. You don't have to. Take the biggest breath you can. Then let's go. Boom! The whole city collapses. Keep me pointing in the right direction, Red. If we can get lost. Which is fun, because now Rachel's next to her, so she can they can keep talking telepathically. And Talisman is getting worried. Where are they? It's taking too long. Sing to be praise! <gasps> Boy, that breath tastes good. But we're not out of this mess yet, she thinks. Which is rude, as only one of them can hear those thoughts. Ray's too weak to climb. I have to airwalk us up this ledge. And so Rachel's up on the ledge. I've got you. Thanks. That stunt took a lot out of me. It was a bit too close. A call for comfort. Aw, Lockheed. I'm here to see. I'm glad to see you too. And this is the panel I'm going to post. Because at one point I was like, there's too many great Lockheed panels. But he's like straight up licking her. And I don't think that's what he usually does. But who am I to question this creative team? <clears throat> I can manage the rest myself. Airwalking. But that's it, I'm afraid. Should I go for help? I'm feeling better, Kitty. I think I can carry Talisman. You think? Which is just fun, too, because she's a psychic. So that's what she mostly does. Be careful of the fire fountain. We haven't much room to spare and a long way to go. Alaki's just flying up as well. Tell me about it. The fire somehow transforms humans into super beings. Goodness knows what it might do to us. And then they, like get like a power warp around them and kitty thinks talisman she brushed the energy field rachel uh the fire mountain it vanished fire fountain now it's back the instant it touched tally everything winked out 
I guess talisman you go playful calling tally. It's a, it's a choice. You guys okay? And it's a very comical, like, cartoony uh, human shapes in the wall as Rachel pulls herself out and Talisman hasn't pulled herself out yet. Easy for you to say, Curly. And I should mention, like, Kitty's rocking some awesome curls this issue. Woo-wee! That was something. Yeah, but what? As Lucky's following as well. Well, since I have some effect magic i guess this means the fountain source is magical with a c and a k so they're all back on the ledge for that split second we were in contact i felt positively supercharged which is probably why neither rachel nor i were hurt by the backlash i was somehow able to protect us both kitty says surgery doesn't just happen spells have to be cast and rachel says if i could do three women voices it'd be a lot easier so, what are you driving at, Kitty? That cave-in wasn't an accident, which means that somebody was afraid we'd learn something we weren't supposed to. This citadel, the transformations those people up there have undergone, have been presented as the best thing that's ever happened. The solution to war, prejudice, famine, disease, want, all humanity's ills? Maybe it is. But suddenly I've got a, doubt, a whole lot of doubts. So they're walking away and Lockheed's following. Socklops is your teammate. The first person changed by the fountain was his wife. Do you think they're lying? Let's find out. They leave this scrapbook behind. At that moment, the remainder of the X-Men and Alpha Flight are being royally fitted by the self-same transformed people. So they're all just having a good old time at the banquet. Scott's touching Madeline's belly. And she's like, it's too early for that. And he's like promising to take care of her forever. Which I literally made a joke. Or, no, no, no. And you know, like when you're driving, you're like either replaying past conversations or anticipating future conversations. Or just having some funny jokes. Hopefully other people have those thoughts in the car. Or maybe that's why I listen to podcasts so much. Because I can't. Um, I was doing some silly scenario about Walker. Oh, oh, oh. I was having the... Because every so often I like to make a joke about Cyclops having... Like doing something awesome and some jerk person being like... Hey, heat vision! And him being like, ugh. It's not heat vision. It's like a wave of energy. And then... Or maybe I was trying to pretend if I, imagining if I had optic blasts and how I will only use them, like, because, you know, optic blasts in your day-to-day, you're not really using that power so much, especially if you're not wearing red sunglasses all the time to contain your powers. And, um, and if I ever showed Walker I had optic blasts, and he's like, oh, you're just like Cyclops. And then I was, I would, like, bring the mood down being like yeah except I wouldn't leave your mother in you for my high school sweetheart and I guess that goes back to an idea I had about uh, how hard it is becoming like making friends as an adult and one of my theories because of that why that is is because you have so much continuity as an adult so just telling a punchline like, it took me, like, what, three extra minutes to set that whole joke up, comment up, and also, like, you're setting your ways as an adult, so it's like, I don't need to talk to people. 
But, um, so yeah, I wouldn't mind being Cyclops, but I, I feel confident I can promise my son that. <clears throat> uh, and so they're kissing, um, one of the ladies is falling asleep, so Madeline checks on her, tries to heal her, her woes, and the lady comments on... Like, something you must know. So Madeline's like, oh, I understand. And takes off after kissing Scott on the f cheek. It's just nice to see Scott so happy. And Madeline, too. <clears throat> and then Kitty is coming up on the scene. Telling Ray headed for the library to translate that stone they found. The Alphans boss, Heather Hudson, has already been exposed to the fountain. I don't think we can trust her. I better find a charge, Xavier. What's that light? <gasps> Wolverine, what's Adeline doing to him? She's coming. I better phase out of sight. And then she grabs Loki by the belly and to phase him as well. Bannon's acting pretty sneaky. Say as she doesn't want anyone to see her. Wolvie's mutant power is healing factor. He doesn't need her flames to fix him up. Unless she was just pulling some sort of fast one. Mucking about with a part of him that his own talent can't. Wolfie, wake up. Logan. A few short sentences tell Wolverine what Shadowcat saw. But to her amazement. You're not angry? Nope. She burned the berserker madness out of my system, Cat. I'm sane now. I'm human. Great, peachy keen, wonderful. If not for the berserker, your mentor Ogan would have killed us both. You say, girl, I can't hack it as a man? Only as a psycho? He points a finger at her. Making her feel shame. Like, what a jerk. Pun intended. I guess it's not a pun. Just like a reference, I guess. I'm sorry. Hey, did you find Snowbird? I I don't remember. I don't know. Pathfinder, Beastman, and I split up. I thought I had a scent after that. I drew a blank. Logan, your berserker self is the wild animal side of your nature. Beastmaster controls animals. He could have made you quit, but why? In answer, Kitty reveals her suspicions. I can't spot their sense. The men aren't back. They haven't found Snowbird. But Madden's stunt may have gave us an unexpected edge. I was always more than a nutcase butcher, Kitty. Losing that part of myself doesn't make me any less dangerous. Whole and human as Madeline's made me. I'm immune to... Boyd Wilson's influence. Imagine it surprised me he discovers that. You get a snick for no reason, I guess. You alert Xavier and have Aurora meet me at the main gate. We got no time to waste. And literally no time is wasted as Aurora and Wolverine are flying about. Well, she's flying and he's just holding on to dear life. And Lockheed's coming along for the ride. And they have a lot of ground to cover. They locate where Shaman's bag went. And then we see all the monsters and creatures that have spilled out of the bag. And Lockheed's keeping doing a good job holding up. And Wolverine gets Snowbird sent and goes into a cave. And Lockheed's bravely behind him. And we see Snowbird is in rough shape. Her costume is all scattered. Her face is... Becoming animalistic or elfish. Her feet are 
like little claws. He has two toads now and the Nightcrawler back stump. What do you call the back of Nightcrawler's foot? Like it's not a toe sticking out, right? It's just a, I don't know, a thud? Not a thud. A stump, I guess. And Snowbird's just like, go away, Logan. I beg you, old friend, let me end my days. Like, I guess she, oh yeah, she found herself a dark cave and just sitting in it. He's going to help her out. Meanwhile, Beast Man Master, Beast Master is coming to confront Wolverine. And he has all these wild animal, like mountain animals behind him. And with a roar, Lockheed. Oh yeah, this is the panel I posted where it's Wolverine one foot up on a rock, uh, Lockheed on his right hand perched. You gotta go through the dragon and me. Oh yeah, because they want to kill Snowbird. Because might as well put her out of her misery. Back at the banquet, uh, we see Rogue is in a pretty blue dress. She wants to dance. She offers Northstar to dance with her. He's like, I'm sorry, Rogue. I'd rather not. And she knows why he'd rather not. But she insists that she hasn't danced with anyone since she attempted in high school. And Sasquatch and Aurora are... Oh, yeah, so I guess she dropped off Wolverine then went right back. Wait, she was like, hey, Snowbird's in this cave. She's like, well, all right, I'm going to go hang out with Walt. And so Walter's giving Northstar a hard time, which then forces him to be like, I will dance with Rogue then. Because, you know, we got to be performative. And Rogue's like, John Paul, you don't have to. Because she knows. And Rogue's just having a great time being twirled around. And then we get uh, Heather, Puck, and Xavier just watching the um, the good time. The festivities. And Puck's commenting about how he, now that he isn't in constant pain, but he is in a new body, essentially. He has to get used to it, and so he can't quite enjoy himself. Heather feels bad that they're having such a good time while Shaman and Snowbird are dying. Uh, we kick in... Not kick in. We check in with Lord Lord and Talisman as they recognize... He recognizes the stone... Usually the stones are Odin born or Thor inspired, but this one's different. Yes, it's much rarer, almost unheard of. The dedication of Loki. And we kick we kick it up to Asgard. Fenris crack their bones. I have given these fools the power to reshape the world, Loki says, and he doesn't have his horn hat on. And he just looks unusual that way. Why are they being so contrary about it? Because he's watching the true crystal ball. Why can they not simply accept Loki's gift without question? My curse on those who live above in the shadow. At their bidding to gain a prize beyond prize. I humble myself. I did a good deed. But that, they said, was not sufficient. Suffi and this reminds me of um, the discussions of karma on my name is Oro and how... If he's doing it to gain good karma, then can you gain karma that way? Or are you just being selfish about it? Like, is there no selfish deeds? I must yet prove myself worthy, but of what use? 
poor Odin's sons are constantly always trying to prove that they're worthy. Are my efforts, my hopes, and dreams, if those misbegotten mortals refuse the glory, I offer them? And we see uh, North Star and Rogue are just looking at the stars, commenting about what's going on, just enjoying each other's companies. And then Wolverine comes in the room of Lockheed behind him. He throws Beastman's body on the table. And Beastmaster and Wolverine's clearly gone through a fight and Adeline's trying to heal him and they're wondering where Pathfinder is Wolverine says flying with the angels so is he dead? And so he's describing how this whole place is based in magics and that's why Snowbird and Shaman are dying. And people are just like, well, you know, people gotta die so that we all can become magical of ourselves because having magic is the solution to all the problems. And so the room's splitting up between people who don't want Snowbird and Shaman to die and people who are like, well, everyone should have powers and the world would be better then. Then Kitty comes in the room. What are you saying, Peter? That this is good? Yes. We can find famine, disease, want, hatred, possibly even war. Is that so bad, Kitty? A rational transaction, huh? The needs of the many balance against the lives of the few? Which is very clever to make um, Colossus have this... Um, to have this thought because you know communism, like it, like that's what he grew up with. Think about who those few are: Colossus, Doctor Strange, Nightcard's girlfriend, Amanda, and maybe Oboro and Ilyana, your kid's sister, and Lord knows how many more. I'm sorry, I won't accept this. A gift so tainted with innocent blood is one I want no part of. I stand a Wolverine, so there's a real schism happening here. And Xavier takes Wolverine's side. Colossus takes, I guess, the uh, the Canadian uh, economical research team. So the two sides, and I guess I forgot Nightcrawler was in the room. So it's Nightcrawler, Talisman, Rogue, Cyclops, Xavier, Kitty, Lockheed, of course, Logan, and Northstar. And then on the other side, Sasquatch. The research team, Colossus, Madeline, and Rachel. And Kitty's like, joke all you like, Cyclops, but how do we fight our friends? Madeline's on the other side. Your wife's got your unborn son. Cyclops just blasts the dude. Let's hope, Shadowcat, this will prove as hard for them as for us. And then they just start fighting. Fight, fight, fight. Rachel tackles Kurt, which seems rude. Uh, Master Builder is upset they're going to destroy his magnificent temple, or citadel. Um, Ice beams are being fired, psychic blast, flame, hero on hero, brother versus sister. 
Um, Northstar grabs Talisman to get her out of the bat fight. Oh, oh, because they're going to take her to the center of the fire fountain to just to extinguish the 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 source of the powers. And then uh, Master Builder shows up, wanting to thwart that. Uh, they find the sketchbook, and it turns out that with the powers, uh, they lost their creativity, and so um, those children drawings were his own failed attempts at drawing because he just has no ability to imagination within him. Whereas mutants are just even stronger but they are not they don't have any other perks except for more power but can still maintain their imagination elsewhere earth mover deals with the most of her opposition and her compatriots move in quickly to finish the job and talisman relates paul domestic's tragic revelation and her own grim deductions and Kitty says, it's the same with Cornucopia. Show her a recipe or a costume and she's reproduced it perfectly, but she can't originate anything of her own. And then finally we get um, a star in the sky. And it's not a star. It's Loki. And he shouts, I am Loki, Prince of Asgard, your humble benefactor. Thanks to my fire fountain, you are no longer human. Therefore, what need have you for your so-called humanity? And Bill Master shouts about how like he loved to create. Have a care, manling. You art but a little god. Which I wish they had cap like gone ultimate comics and made everything not all caps. While I am lord of the golden realm, take not that tone with me. Moreover, Master Builder, I sense thine objections are not shared by the majority of thy fellows. For thy convenience, Paul Dominic, they, thy sake, should the whole world suffer. Think not, my friends, about what shall be lost here, but what is to be gained. So now everyone's questioning themselves again. Some big questions. And then Scott summarizes, um, gives the opposing opinion. What of those of us who already possess powers? We'll be no better off than before. We'll be the only ones left with imagination. We'll be the dreamers in a world that can't. How long before we were resented for that? And then hated. And then killed. And the, in the end, we won't have changed anything, save anyone, at least as far as mutants are concerned. We'll still be outcasts, pariahs, targets. You will, be, you will all yield, Cyclops. Or you need not wait for your hour of your destruction. It, it is at hand. Even your considerable might is no match for yonder snow giants, creatures as ancient and eternal as the planet, as mercilessly powerful as winter itself. You don't force people to accept gifts, mister. To have any meaning, they've got to as freely taken as given. We gods have ever known what is best for thee and thine, Cyclops. Why canst thou not trust me? Because Loki is known throughout all creation as the god of lies. And he blasts a dude. Thou dare strike a god? Be misbegotten mortal, thou and thy ilk shall pay dearly for such a fortnery. Sacred Perry, when you X-Men make enemies, 
Uh oh, yeah, there's a big part that's coming about how the X Men maybe not the best choice. And the Giants are fighting them. Shaman and Snow and Snowbird are trying to get it together. That racist jerk is uh Beastmaster. Um is gonna help them out to as the building's collapsing. The memory still sickens me. I still don't much like mutants, but I, oh yeah, 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 that racist trick. I don't need to read his caption. Your defiance comes too late, mortals. Behold, as my fire fountain reaches forth to transform the face and nature of your world. And people are not happy. Uh, Rogue figures out she can do something, and right flies up and grabs Loki by the by his face. Yell, gallant young lady, how futile! And so they're trying to rally everyone. Madeline doesn't know what to do. And she's like, do you think, Loki, here, Loki, I deny your gift. I want no part of it. And I deny the false god who proffers it. Rash words, woman. Be sure thou soon have cause to regret them. And one of the giants takes a giant bat to Madeline and, or Adeline. And Lord, Lord, put shoves her out of the way and takes the giant bat to his own face. She's like, Sam! And he just goes flying. So far that Northstar has a pickup Adeline to go for um, to him. A heartbeat later and miles distance. I can feel his pain from here. It's a miracle he survived this long. Rest easy, Sam. I'll have you well in a jiffy. Uh, my healing flames, they're dying out. As I recall, my lady, you didst deny my gift. Loki, no. Thou spokest with considerable passion, Madeline Pryor. Far be it for me to stand in the way of such righteous determination. You can't. It is done. But Sam will die. A pity, truly. I am as touched by the solitude as by his plight. But there is not that I can do, for my powers have nothing to do with the healing arts. That, dear Adeline, was thy purview. I'm trapped. No matter which way I turn, I lose, she thinks. Madeline, the man is barely breathing. I couldn't feel any heartbeat, Northstar says. Please, Loki, he's my friend. Help me save him. Of course, dear lady. Thou hast but to ask. And like, she's crying. He lifts a finger up to wipe a tear, but then... Uses that same tear to scratch her face. I guess to prove to her that she has healing powers. All thou wert, thou art once again. Page 36. However, I want no more defiance. And he chokes her. My will will be done, mortal. And thou wilt do all within thy power to aid me. Have I, have I thy word on it? Yes. Splendid. And he just tosses her into the snow. I imagine, to, well, to be a jerk, but to also put her next to Sam's dying body. You're part of my crew, Sam, as well as a friend. I feel that responsibility once, never again. I shall have known my sins couldn't be wiped away so easily. She's, she's thinking all this. But my baby's innocence. He shouldn't have to pay for my mistakes. He wouldn't be the first. Maybe it's better this way. The poor thing would never know what he's missing. 
To him, clouds in the sky won't be dragons or horses or ships or castles. They'll just be clouds. And Wolverine's like, Loki, anybody interested in a piece of what's left of this chump after I'm done with him? Xavier's like, Wolverine, wait. The battle is over. As Guardian, as you can plainly see, your giants have lost. Ugh. Good help is so hard to find. However, dear Adeline half changed her mind. Ever a woman's prerogative. And now, which is my favorite Britney Spears song. And now affects my gifts with all her heart. No, 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 no. No, that is a different song. It was the same album, but my favorite is that um, Stronger song. Which I know is not not in most people's top 10 songs but if I see a list of hers and stronger songs on the top 10 then that's just not a top 10 song for me usually I'd be like oh it's my favorite song it's top 3 and to like a please whoever I'm having the conversation with I'll be like number 1 is your favorite song of course number 2 stronger and number 3 whatever other song you needed to be so I can have my top 3 songs she bids you do the same. Is that not so, my sweet? Yes. Tis I who am the victor here, Xavier. Not so, master of mischief. By fingers, bloody fangs. And we see the gods above. We who live above in the shadow, who are to... That's their proper name. We who live above in the shadow. Who are to Asgard as immortal sons and daughters are to the realms of men. Have witnessed and judged and found thee wanting. Thy petition is denied. No! The terms of our bargain were specific. A deed of goodness, a gift freely given. Let I have done by giving these mortals the means to make their world paradise. And when they said thee nay, thou forced them to thy will. Be that thy concept of freedom, of goodness, by words and deeds... Thou wert to prove thyself worthy of their bounty. Instead, thou hast branded thyself most man manifestly the opposite. Pulling a pathetic maggots, dost know what you have cost me? Like, and I've done that with Walker, where like, Walker would do something, I'll say something, my wife would get mad at me, and then I get mad at my son, where it's like, the chain of disappointment or the uh how about your mother what was it the chain of yelling i feel like that's one of them and then barney lands on a better expression of it the cycle of yelling loki stay thy wrath thou shalt harm no innocent thou shalt allow these thy guests to depart in peace and further pledge as prince of asgard and thy father odin's holy name never to do them harm in the spear of any fail in this and thou shalt fill our vengeance, which is going to play a big part in our next Loki tie-in. <clears throat> I so swear, hast thou but accept their refusal and good grace, Odin's son, all would have been thine. Blame not the deeds of others for thy failure. The fault lies within thyself. Pompous windbag, someday, somehow, there will be a reckoning. Mortals, my word have been given, and contrary to popular belief, I shall not be forsworn. But know you have made an enemy this day, whose reach is as long as his memory, and who prides himself on the returning blow for blow in full measure. 
You have refused my most generous favor. I therefore take it back, together with every benefit to pry from it. <clears throat> so Puck turns back to his original form. All the research team turn back. Heather turns back. Scott um, loses his control. He's like, my optic blast! And Kurt's like, some too full. Cover your eyes, Cyclops. Even a glancing blow can smash a body to pulp. Uh, Wolverine feels his berserker rage coming back. This need not be. The fire mountain still burns. I can yet undo all that I have done. Be this what you truly want. Be these the lives you wish to lead. Think, friends, of what was and what might be if you do but ask. To stand tall and proud, Puck, before thy lady love. To touch another rogue without fear to kiss, to love. To be a hero, Jacques Moreau, Elisid, Siegfried, Roron, Reborn. To live at... I, I don't know. Was that all one guy? To live at peace with thyself, fair Awara. Spurn me... And all that is gone. Your world will remain dark and full of anguish. Moreover, from this moment, the suffering and death of your entire race will rest upon your shoulders. And then, uh, Puck speaks for everyone that they're not interested. So be it, fools. And with him fades the fire fountain. And with it the Edrich summer that has kept the shore of Ongava Bay warm and vagrant. In the space of a breath, the air becomes bitter, cold, and the first flakes of snow begin to fall. In eerie silence, the giants return to the mountain homes, leaving no sign that they have ever been. And as the last of the fountain energy is restored to the world, Shaman and Snowbird are happy again, excited. She can even turn into an owl and flies off. Uh, Northstar has grabbed Shaman's bag and returns it to him. They're all boarding. Uh, Colossus is coming on. Uh, getting into the plane as Kitty follows him. Northstar is not going to join the team. He's going to fly off. But maybe he'll one day come back. Uh, we see Kitty sitting in front of Colossus. It looks like they might just be chit-chatting. Uh, Lockheed looks like he's looking at Talisman. Maybe a smirk on his face. Xavier tells Cyclops that Rachel's not in the plane, so Scott runs off. Madeline's like, Scott! Because that's just what you do. And Kitty wonders if they should follow, and Madeline's like, no. <laughs> like, everyone stay where you are. Rachel's sad, and then she detects Scott's coming up to her, so she tries to shield herself. And we get a fun little chat with them. Rachel, we have to go. I know, I'm ready, Cyclops. I'm told you're from the future. A future? We won't know if it's the future till we get there. And by then it'll be too late. To why? So why worry? My dad used to say, as long as you were alive, it's never too late. Did your father die in that future? All the X-Men died. You know, you remind me an awful lot of someone. That good or bad? Good. She was very dear to me. And when she died, all the light, the joy went out of my life. 
Parmi will always miss her. I never imagined I'll ever be happy and fulfilled again. Until I met Madeline, it isn't the same. But that doesn't mean it can't be as good or maybe even better. My mom had a saying, everyone deserves a second chance. Smart lady. Yeah, when they made it, my folks, they broke the mold. And she decides not to tell him. Funny, I was just thinking much the same thing about you. And they get on the plane. Minutes later, and this is the issue ending. Minutes later, the D. Havlin Otter is southward bound through the shifty gathering storm towards whatever gentler climbs. The war of its engines almost immediately lost in the howl of the wind, its fire tracks already filling with snow. The grass and the wildflowers that carpeted the shoreline perished with the first gusts of Arctic air. In due course, the citadel will vanish as well. No sign will be left to mark the battle waged on the spot, save one. A defiant patch of life amidst Loki's dissolution. A reminder that humanity alone carries within itself the power to create paradise on earth on its own terms by its own efforts. Without the gifts of mechanisms of greedy gods, which is better or worse, is how it should be. That was 48 pages of comics. So thank you everyone for listening. Um, no ads either, so that explains. So all it was lacking was a hardcover and or a harder cover, and it would have been considered a prestige format. From the pages of the X-Men, the fudgy elf himself in his own four-issue limited series by Dave Cockrum. Action will be... Buckle your swash like it's never been buckled before. First issue on sale in July. Only 75 cents. Nightcrawler. And Lockheed. And that, everyone, is X-Men and Alpha Flight Volume 1, Issue 2. And so I'll just announce it now because I've pretty much all but said it. And so the next issue will be New Mutants... New Mutants uh, Special Edition 1 by Art Adams, which of course means the last tie-in will be Giant Size Annual X-Men number 9. But later in the week we will do New Mutants 73, which I think is the last of the New Mutants for Inferno. Flipping ahead a little. Yes. Yeah, Inferno's pretty much over. We got New Mutants, a side comic, the Uncanny tie-in, and then two Aftermath issues. So thank you everyone for listening. And um, I feel like I talked about Twitter so much and then I meant to say you can follow me on Twitter at JackoSIII and then never did. Uh, You can follow the podcast at SNFWM. And uh, you follow it on Instagram as well, and me at YouTube and Blue Sky and Instagram as well. And so, if you would subscribe um, on whatever platform you're listening to, appreciate it. Maybe give a rating, as that would help the podcast grow. And um, just to the memory of my friend Nathaniel, just thinking about you, buddy. And if you see a friend or just someone you used to know, I say hi to them. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for listening. And I'll talk at you next time. Bye.